Today's episode of Grad School Confessional is brought to you by teaching assistants. Have assignments that need marking, but not by someone who knows the material? Tired of having to interact with your students outside the lecture hall and through email? Confused about how to navigate these newfangled online teaching portals? Need people to aimlessly wander the rows of an exam to give the perception of surveillance? Introducing the teaching assistant. Order now. You're listening to Grad School Confessional, a new podcast that explores the good, bad, and ugly of graduate school, directly from graduate students themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Yoasway. From awkward supervisor interactions, to reviewer two horror stories, to convincing your parents why grad school was a good idea, we read out the confessions of graduate students from all over and chat about the realities of pursuing higher education. By the way, if you didn't know, we're doing a giveaway for a $100 Amazon gift card. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review and or send us your funny grad school story to be entered to win. Details are in the episode description. I'd like to welcome my co-host, my wife, Anna. Anna is a PhD candidate studying digital health, a field where researchers ask, if you could download a kidney, would you? Isn't that an episode of Black Mirror? <laughs> Isn't life an episode of Black Mirror? Touche. <laughs> Our topic today has nothing to do with dystopian futures, but rather the present hell on earth for many graduate students, known as TAing or teaching assistant-ing. I'm actually teaching assistant-ing right now. Not really. Yeah, my approach is to rig the system. Let's do a little bit of math. Okay. So say I get paid a certain amount per month to do about 10 hours of work per week. So my approach is to set everything up ahead of time. So in reality, I do way less than 10 <laughs> hours of work a week, but still get paid the same amount. Hence, increasing the amount I get paid per hour. Work yeah. smarter, not harder, man. Yeah. And when you balance it out with all the time that you're spending doing free work for your supervisor, like you probably kind of almost make a livable wage. No, not even close. Yeah, still not even close. No. Huh? You know, I used to be a teaching assistant teaching instructor. Uh, and let me say, if your university offers a teaching assistant training program or something similar to that effect, take it. There's just so much advice and so many situations that you don't anticipate as a new TA that these programs shed light on. I highly recommend them. Some of those situations are actually going to be what we talk about today in our grad student confessions. Our first story highlights the difficult dance that universities have to perform when assigning TAs to courses that they may not be the most familiar with. Our student writes, As a graduate student, you may find that you are eligible for various assistantships and fellowships throughout your degree. In this instance, to receive graduate funding from my university, you're typically appointed to a teaching assistantship. Long story short, the department will try to match you to an assistantship where you have some sort of familiarity with the topics. You're asked to complete a questionnaire that ranks your level of confidence in a variety of subject areas, and seeing as I'm in the area of kinesiology, the topics on this questionnaire range from anatomy, to physiology, to sport history and exercise psychology, to biomechanics, to infinity, and beyond. What I didn't realize was that, typically, you only want to express a strong level of confidence in topics that are relevant to your graduate program. Well, I didn't do that. Instead. I thought back to my undergraduate degree, remembered how I excelled in a biomechanics course and ranked at the top of my class. So when completing this questionnaire, I thought, 
yeah, I'm pretty confident in biomechanics. Stupid mistake, because that was a first year level course that my confidence was based on, and my area of research is in a far different field. It was to my surprise then, when I was appointed to teach a lab and seminar for a fourth year biomechanics class. To put this appointment in a better perspective, there were only 20 students enrolled in the course, all of which were majoring in biomechanics, and the other TA was a PhD student in the biomechanics stream. Heck, even if I wanted to be enrolled in the course myself as a student, I don't even think I would have met all the course requirements. But here I was now, having to teach the lab and seminar component. Those sayings of, fake it till you make it, or imposter syndrome is real, were very relevant this semester of grad school. So yeah, I did fake it and make it. That semester has come and gone, and I did learn a lot about biomechanics. However, I just hope that my students didn't pick up on my inadequacies. Okay, so this story highlights one of the things that I didn't know when I started TAing, and I don't think a lot of people know when they TA, is that the department usually has way more diversity in the courses that they offer than the actual TAs. Uh, and so we're by no means experts necessarily in the courses that we TA, especially when you consider that we only get a set number of hours as a TA. You don't have time to like sit in the class and learn the course. No. And if you do, you're basically like that episode of Simpsons where Marge Simpson decides to teach piano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She insists on like just being one lesson ahead of the student. Exactly. One lesson. Yeah. I mean, I remember TAing some labs and, you know, sometimes the course instructor is like, yeah, I kind of came up with this like two nights ago. Uh, so kind of just see how it goes. And you're like, all right, well, I have a very loose understanding of this myself and combine that with the <laughs> preparation that my yeah. TA supervisor has taken. This is going to be a little bit of a this, experiment. This bodes well for the quality of post-secondary <laughs> education. You get what you pay for. Pay so much. <laughs> but I think it's also a little bit unfair for the TAs too, because I don't think the undergrads often realize that we don't or we aren't necessarily experts in the courses that we TA. Mm -hmm. And so I've had some awkward interactions for sure where like the students come up and be like, I think I deserve this or this is like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I'm like, yes, you're right. <laughs> Not in those words exactly, but yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of, I think, being humble about it though and just being like, well, I can look into it and I'll... Yes, but it's also like... You can't show fear. You're Chris Pratt in <laughs> Jurassic World between the three raptors. I can smell it. One of the raptors is going to PT school. One of the raptors is applying to medical school. And the other one is trying to get into a competitive PhD program. You're like, y'all gotta chill. <laughs> uh, but uh, the questionnaire that this person's referring to where you have to like fill it out and be like, what is your confidence on like all of these different topics? <laughs> Like, I remember filling out something very similar and realizing at the end, like, I don't feel confident in anything I know. I don't think I know anything. I think after filling out that questionnaire this year, I realized that the research I do does not fit into my faculty at all. Yeah, yeah. They were like, do you know biomechanics or stats or anatomy? I'm like, I could quote some Foucault if that helps. <laughs> I can show them some cool videos on YouTube. <laughs> Although, honestly, YouTube videos for learning... I feel like are the future. Separate topic, but like... Yeah, 100%. Those people do a way better job than we yeah, ever did. seriously. Seriously. Maybe it's because they care. <laughs> um, have you ever actually TA'd a course you weren't super familiar with, though? It was my first time TAing at all, and I was a first year, first semester master's student, and I got a social determinants of health course, and I didn't know anything about it. So I just read the entire textbook in like 
two weeks. Wait, what? You read the entire textbook? Okay, it's a very, like, generous, like, to, to call it a textbook. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> a pamphlet. Social determinants of health. Did you know, if you don't have money, health is hard. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, but I, but I learned it, and I think I was learning a lot of the things concurrently with the students. What does that say about the course, though, if you could learn it as a TA and just, like, like a textbook in, what, a couple weeks? But I was, okay, first of all, it's like, what does it say about the course that you could learn the course if you actually read the course material? Okay, fine. And I was a master's, like, student, and this was a first or second year course. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Not not super high levels. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also some other cool things you get out of it. Like, you obviously got to learn about social determinants of health, and I think in some way that's actually shaped your PhD program a little bit. It did. My doctoral supervisor is actually the person who taught that course the first time around. Mm -hmm. And I saw how she lectured and I saw how she uh, managed the students. And I was like, that's the kind of no bullshit attitude I need for my doctoral program. And here we are. Here we are. And you're almost done now. Yeah. And like, I think in, you know, we joke about digital health, but I think that it's informed by the stuff that you did learn from this course, from TAing this course. Yeah. Which is really cool. And I think another cool thing, too, is that not only did you get a supervisor, but when I've TA'd courses uh, that haven't, quote unquote, necessarily been in my wheelhouse, you get good references out of it, right? You get to guest lecture. You get these references from other faculty members, which are really, really good if your own advisor doesn't always collaborate. Um, Yeah. But I think in general, good advice is just always, if you can, turn to your TA supervisor when you're out of your depth. Like, it's really in their best interest to make your job easier or clearer. Because let's yeah. work for them in the end. Yeah, because the only thing that stands between hundreds of undergrad students and one <laughs> professor <laughs> are the four TAs that are just like, hold! <laughs> hold the door! <laughs> uh, anyway, our next confession comes from a grad student who had an undergrad that was pretty upset about their grade. They write... During my first year as a grad student, I was excited to finally take on the responsibility as a TA, truly excited to have an impact on the undergrads. For the first few months, everything had gone smoothly, and I felt like I was really having a positive impact on the students in the class. Then, it happened. At 7am on a Monday morning, I woke up to an aggressive email from a student in the class, flabbergasted by their mark on an assignment, asking to meet with me to go over the marking. So I figured, This is going to be my first student TA meeting, what's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst happened. After going through all the details about where they lost marks and why, it came to the attention of the student that they had recognized me. In fact, they even realized how they knew me. I happened to be good friends with their sister. After about an hour of discussion, they began to cry out of frustration of not having received the mark they were hoping for and proceeded to text their sister to convince me to raise their mark. Thankfully. Even their sister knew this was a bad idea, and after allowing them to calm their nerves, I explained that they should meet with the professor to go over the marking further. Overall, my first taste of student-TA relations wasn't great, but I'll definitely never forget it. Being a TA means being a professional student-teacher. Students like this will always exist, but maintaining the highest standard of ethics is vital. I've had students cry. Crying is a real technique. Crying is absolutely a real yeah. tactic. If you think they're doing it on an accident, they're not. Okay, they now that prepared. I think to be fair, some students really are genuinely distressed, and like whether you feel like they're doing it on purpose or not, like you still got to treat them with respect and you know 
Don't why you looking at me like that? <laughs> I've gone through entire assignments with students, going over every concern, and at the end they just ask, "So there's nothing you can do?" And like, I, I don't know, like it's hard to just kind of be like. Yeah, man. Like, it turns out you actually kind of got to earn the marks. <laughs> you can't just ask for them. You can't ask. Is there anything you can do? Like, I'm not a dude selling DVDs at a flea market. <laughs> like, just like a barter system. Just like, well, what are you bringing to the table, man? Uh, I I had students cry in front of me, and it doesn't work out well for them because turns out I don't do well with emotion, and I do not reciprocate in any way, shape, or form. I just sit there with a deadpan face and let them cry it out. Oh my god, sociopath. Just sitting there and be like, are you quite finished? <laughs> I'm used to European, I can't help it. <laughs> oh man. I mean, but like, yeah, it would be awkward for them, sure. Um, I think, though, really, the way to handle this is kind of just like, like this person did, just have them calm down and give them the space and the time. And then at the end of the day, like, yeah. it's not always up to you, you know, if they want to remark. Depending on the policy of the course or the instructor, you might not even have the power to regrade. Like I know at the university that I was at, you're not allowed to actually regrade an assignment after you've submitted the first mark. You can actually have to go to either a separate TA or the instructor. In that case, you're always just like, yeah, you can get a regrade, but there's no guarantee it'll be a higher grade. Yeah. And I think one of the ways you avoid these situations is you have like little... TA scrums at the beginning where you mm -hmm. mark like five assignments together so you know that you're all going off of the same marking scheme and you're grading to the same level of difficulty mm -hmm. so then people who have friends who have assignments marked by a different TA aren't like but we did this assignment together and they got a higher grade yeah yeah exactly um yeah and then also having like you know, one of the things that a lot of the instructors that I TA for have done is having a 24-hour buffer period. A lot of students get really upset. They don't really read the feedback. Mm -hmm. They just want to go and contest their grade. And so there's usually a 24-hour moratorium on emails where you can complain about your grade and you can contest it 24 hours after you got it. Yeah. So you have to sit on it and really think about it if it's worth it. And in my experience, it has brought complaints down about grading a significant amount. Mm -hmm. And then also I would even add on to that if you can have them highlight everything they want to talk about. So it's not just like a go over this for me. Mm -hmm. It's literally like why do you feel you don't yeah. deserve it? And having a strong rubric helps with that a lot. If your yeah. instructor has a rubric, look at it before you start marking. Like, like well before, you know, if there's things you can modify about it or inconsistencies that you find, like bring those up. Speaking of highlighting, I have graded assignments that were handed in to me where not only was the material directly copied and pasted from websites, but you know when you copy and paste something from a website, it yeah. still has that like gray highlight oh, yeah. over it. It <laughs> like still has that. Different, yeah, like and, different then, size. and then they had like the audacity to ask me why they're getting a zero and how I knew they plagiarized. I was like, <laughs> they said how you knew? Seriously? Yeah. Like, why do you think I plagiarized? Will you see this text appears in its exact form on this government website? And it's not like a sentence, it's like a paragraph. Oh, damn, damn. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't plagiarize. That's a bad idea. Um, but speaking of aggressive emails, like, I think aggressive emails are one thing because you can kind of let the person chill and, you know, there's less physical, I think, confrontation yeah. to it. Yeah. But man, I've had angry students before. Like, I had one person come in and they were, they didn't start out that way, but it was pretty clear that they had an intention to get more marks in mind. Yeah. And they were, like, pr like, visibly upset by the end of it. And I always suggest, like, 
open door policy, you know, mm-hmm. like have the door open the whole meeting. If you can have someone else in the same room or same vicinity, it's always a good idea. You know, I don't want to scare anyone necessarily, but it's just even yeah. if the opposite were to happen where they were to say something, right? you yeah. know, it's good to have that corroboration. Yeah. We always, for our TAs, um, we had a policy where you're meeting with students with another TA meeting with students, like in the same Obviously not necessarily like in the exact same space, but at least like in the office, like next to it or something. And yeah, open doors all Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. I think that's a standard policy even with professors now. Yeah. I mean, it should be if it hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Our last confession comes from a grad student who had a flattering, but nonetheless awkward interaction with a student they TA'd. They write, During the very first course I was ever a teaching assistant for, I was messaged by a student who said they were in the class on social media to ask me out on a date. They were very respectful, but I really didn't know what to say back. The weird part was that I checked the class registry and there was no student by this name enrolled in the course, so they must have changed their name on social media or something. I give them props for being courageous enough to ask out a teaching assistant, but I can't imagine how weird that would be to date a student. Technically, not illegal just really frowned upon. That being said, I know this from a friend's episode, so don't quote me on it. Hmm. I feel like anyone who starts a sentence with technically not illegal, (laughs) nothing good is gonna come after that. You know, like even if it's technically not illegal. Okay, Okay. disclaimer, don't date your students. Yeah, I actually know someone who, like not personally, but I know someone who dated their student after they were done TAing them. And like, I just can't really imagine how that would have come about. You know, how do, how does that like go during dinner parties? How'd you two meet? Oh well, I failed my midterm, and he had to take me through my scantron, and the sparks just flew. <laughs> I think the creepiest part about this story, though, is that the person changed their name on social media so they couldn't be found. You know, what if that person wasn't even in the class? What if they legit thought this was increasing their chance of getting a yes? <laughs> like, you actually already know me. You're TA'ing me. I never existed at all. Ooh. Like a goosebump story. <laughs> the, the student that asked out the TA but didn't exist. Um, yeah. What would you do if you were asked out by a student, though? Uh, say no. Yeah. But it, like, it would be flattering, but definitely it would be... Like, there's actually protocol for this in the teeing course that I taught where it's like you basically just gotta let them down easy you know like is that the instruction they give you (laughs) I mean (laughs) more formally than that but basically like there's no room for love in grad school I guess is what I'm saying (laughs) there's no time (laughs) (laughs) at least with the undergrad population (laughs) I was teeing with someone who was also asked out by a student really but it was a male TA getting asked out by a female student huh we're really living in the modern day you know it's like, like Sadie Hawkins dance. The girls ask the guts. It's like Bumble, but IRL. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how dating apps or websites work. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty clear to me. Um, how, did that end up, <laughs> how did that end up working out for him? Uh, I'm not sure. I like never... he said no, I imagine, but... I hope so. <laughs> hmm. Guess we'll never know. <laughs> if you're listening to this, please submit your confession. <laughs> oh. You've been listening to Grad School Confessional. I'm Dr. Yoa Sway. Special thanks again to my co-host, Anna. Anna, if you were an instructor, would you want me to be your TA? Of course. I love hanging out with you. I think we'd make a great team. Aww.
Not so sweet. I'd probably pick someone more qualified. Dude, what the if you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by October 1st, and we'll enter you into our Amazon giveaway. Please also share us with your social network and follow us on Twitter at GSConfessional. And if you have a confession you'd like to make, please use the anonymous link in the description or email thegradschoolconfessional at gmail.com. Until next time, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Principal Investigator, Amen. <laughs>